Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. We finish up Malachi today. You remember we were teaching on the book of Malachi? And this is the seventh message and last message on Malachi. And I told you that really last week was the last message as far as we covered the book of Malachi. Now, but this last message, I want to come back and share with the congregation something that I think is very important. Uh, today's message, we're going to talk about four questions. Four questions. Because we want to know uh, from, you see the, the title there, we really want to know uh, how do you develop the fear of God? And you say, well, I already have the fear of God. Well, we might can uh, develop more reverence for God uh, than we do have. I know that your mom and Malachi, they had that situation also. So let's start off with the first question. We're going to talk about four questions. First question. The first question I want to ask myself and all of us is really in order to develop the, uh, what we call the reverence or the fear of God, the proper reverence of fear of God, do I really have to go through what Malachi said, the refiner's fire? Do I really have to go through that? Because you know, like most people, they, they don't want to be going through no fire. And even though we know he's talking figuratively, we know that still there is going to be some pain. Even though it's not real fire, it's going to be some pain because that's just the way it is. Uh, when you're trying to change our minds, there, there'll be a little bit of pain, a little bit of struggle. So let's go to Ezekiel. Let's start off there. Uh, no, let's start off in, in, in Jeremiah 17. Let's go there first. Now, Jeremiah 17 is a very interesting, uh, is a very interesting thing here because what we ask, the question that we ask is that do I have to go through the final spot? Well, let's read it in verse 9. The heart is more deceitful than all else and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give to each man according to his ways according to the results of his deeds. Now, let me ask you a question. If the heart is deceitfully wicked, and God is all about the heart, you remember in in, uh, Matthew 5, verse 16, it'll tell us that, um, that about the heart, that blessed are the pure in heart, because they shall see who? God. So obviously, we got to have a pure heart. We know that. So he says that the heart is def- desperately wicked. Let's, let's look at Ezekiel now, verse 30, chapter 36. Uh, let's start in verse 22. And I want to start up in, in this verse 22 because uh, what happens is that he's talking to Israel. He says, therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for you, your sake, O house of Israel, that I am, a, I'm a, I am about to act, but for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you went. Now, you remember, it's no different in Malachi, is it? Because in Malachi, they were not being obedient to the Lord, and therefore, they were not um, exalting his name before the heathen, before the, the, for our sake, before the unsaved. God is, is particular about his name. You remember we said that in, in, in Malachi, but this is Ezekiel, and it's saying the same thing is that, verse 23, I will vindicate the holiness of my great name. So God is very uh, specific about his name. He wants his name to be great because he wants to draw all men to him. 
And we are the ones who are supposed to be the salt of the earth. We're supposed to be the light of the world. We're supposed to be the ones that people can see us, see our marriages, see our lifestyle, see our work habits, and see our character and glorify God. Because we have uh, this uh, precious uh, character of God in earth and vessels. It's only because the Holy Spirit is in us. It's only because uh, Emmanuel, God with us. It's only because of that. It's not because of any good thing that's, that's in us, is it? Because God says none good. No, not one. So we know that, that he's going to do this. And he's telling them, I'm going to do this. Then he tells them uh, at ver- on verse 26, Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And so we know that he's talking to Israel. He's talking about uh, in in the uh, days to come, which we're in those days, that God has given us a he, he's he's uh, rebirthed our spirit when we gave our life to Him. He gave us a, a different heart. We don't have a heart of stone anymore because uh, the Malachi in Malachi they had a heart of stone. I mean they 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 couldn't do some of them couldn't do what was right, and and Israel couldn't either. And He's saying that I'm going to take care of this. He says in verse 27, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk to my, in, in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. So God said, I'm going to do this. Now, has he put his spirit in us? Yes, when we get born again. Yes, we have the spirit of God within us. So it, it was prophesying of a time to come in Ezekiel, but that time is here for us. So I said, wow, this is really good. See, uh, the question was asked, do I have to go through the refiner's fire in order to uh, have a proper reverence or fear for God? And from, let's go to the New Testament. Let's go to Romans uh, uh, chapter uh, 3, verse 9. Let's go there and see what God says. In, 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 in there because you said that was Old Testament. Well, this is New Testament. This is New Testament. Let's start in verse 9. It says, what then? Are we better than they? Are we better than Israel? Are we better than the Jews? Uh, the, the Gentiles? Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. As, as, it, 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 as it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understand. There is none who seek for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. So do we have to go through the refiner's fire? What's the answer to that question? Yeah, we're going to have to go through the refiner's fire uh, because God is going to get us to where he said we, know, we, we need to be because he's the one that says that, that uh, we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. How are we going to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ if God doesn't reform us? We need reform. That's okay. I, I, I like that. But now the next question is, there was the first question, do we have to? Now, the second question I want to ask out of the four questions is, well, what is this refining process like? Because I need to participate in it. I really don't want to go through it if I don't have to. But what is this process like? Well, let's look and let's go to 1 Peter. Let's go there. That's probably a good place to start. 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's go to verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. 
who are protected. Who's protected? You are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now I said, wow, okay. So what is this fire like? What is this process like, this refinement? He says that I need to go through various trials in order to prove my faith, my trust in Jesus Christ. Because our faith, it says, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested through fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor of our Lord Jesus Christ and his revelation. So I know that I have to uh, get my faith refined. I know we all think that our faith is so strong. But I'm telling you, as we read through the the Gospels, he would tell people, oh, you have little faith. Now, they were with Jesus. He said, oh, you have little faith. They saw him. They participated in the feeding of the 5,000, feeding of the 4,000. They, they took up the fragments that was left. And it wasn't much they were feeding from. And yet, they were concerned when he says about beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And they thought they were, he was talking about bread because they didn't, they didn't bring in the bread. They forgot to bring bread with them. He said, what, what, what are you talking about? Don't you realize that we just, you just saw the feeding of the 4,000. You just saw all, the, all this. Uh, 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 I don't need no food. Oh, you're a little faith. So I believe. I mean, I know that my faith needs to be refined. I, my faith needs to go through the fire. I need to have various trials. I need to have various situations in order to prove that my faith is strong. Because as God brings me through things, I can say, praise be to God. Like David did. Man. A uh, bear came and tried to take this little sheep. But I, I you know, I, I smoked this bear. A lion tried to come and get the sheep. I smoked the lion. We can be like David when he, they faced Goliath, when he faced Goliath. He said, you uncircumcised Philistine. Because he knew that Israel was circumcised. That is a, that was a sign of the covenant. He was talking covenant talk. And he said, you uncircumcised Philistine. You're not, you, in other words, you're not even a part of the covenant of Almighty God. So you're going to come against me? Oh, you can't come against me. I'm going to spite you. I don't need a sword. I don't need a shield. But I'm going to take your head off today. Why was he talking like that? Because he knew that God had brought him through the trial with the bear, with the lion. How many teenagers you think gonna going take a sheep from a from 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 a from a bear, from a lion? No. Let the sheep go. You can have it. You know, right? I mean, whether we're teenagers or not, we we no, no, no. It's better to eat the sheep than eat me, right? No, don't. What would you do if you had, had had sheep and you've been given charge of the sheep, and here's the lion come and grab one of the sheep? Would you say, Ah, oh, no, 
come here lying. It's going to be me and you. What do you think? No. No. Now, we would like to say, I'll do the same thing because that sheep is important to God. Right. You know, right. But see, David knew. God wants to build on our successes also that he gives us. Not the successes that you do apart from God. No. He wants you to build on the successes that he's brought you through. What has God brought you through? Huh? Can you write it down? Multiple sheets of paper, you can write down the things that God has brought you through and the things that God is bringing you through. That's going to help your faith to be tried just like, just like gold is. Now, faith is more precious than gold. Gold goes through the fire so that all the, the drugs can come up to the top. You can skim that off. You have nothing but pure gold. With a trial, the refiner's fire, it brings our faith through that also. And, and we, can, we can say, okay, I, I understand now. Let's go to James. Let's show it to you again. Chapter 1, verse 2. Don't you love the word of God? Yeah. It says, consider it all joy. I think David considered joy when his brothers and all of Israel, when Goliath would come out, they will run. He considered joy to have an opportunity to go face Goliath and and win the, uh, the victory for God. And he said, well, hey, what's going to be given to the man that uh, slays Goliath? And David wasn't, you know, interested in, in Saul's wife, all those type of things. But, hey, it's, it is a reward, isn't it? So, hey, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can do that. Consider it all joy, my brother, when you encounter Various trials. See, you don't want to be you don't want to be confessing. You don't want to be believing. I never go through a trial. Trials are not part of my born again experience. That's not scripture. You don't want to not to go through trials because it says here, knowing that the testing of your faith. Here it is again. The testing of your faith produces endurance. It produces endurance. That endurance means perseverance. Perseverance. And it says that, and let endurance or perseverance have its perfect result so that you will be perfect and complete Lacking nothing. Nothing. That's what it says. And I'm going to read you uh, a little bit more that's not in my notes, but I'll read it to you anyway. And verse 5 says, But if any of you likes wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith, without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by wind. For that man ought not to expect that he's going to receive anything from the Lord because a double-minded man being unstable in all his ways. So God is serious about our faith because most of us, we get into doubting we have faith, but we'll doubt also. We have faith one minute, but we'll doubt the next day. Am I, am I in the right place? And God says that you need to know that you need to go through trials because the trial in your faith will produce perseverance. Perseverance is, is a characteristic of God 
We need perseverance. God perseveres, doesn't he? He's forever, isn't he? Eternal, isn't he? He perseveres. Jesus perseveres. Perseverance is with circumstances. Long-suffering is with people. So we need to persevere in our circumstances. Some people can't go through nothing hardly without folding up, without crying, without, you know, uh, doubting God, without wanting to fall away from the church, without wanting to, you know, they can't go through nothing. God says, look, I want to help you in your perseverance by giving you trials. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. We're not talking about temptations now that the enemy sins. We're talking about trials that are trying your faith. What are we talking about? That's what God says that the refinement fire is all about. Do you want to go through this refinement fire? Do you want your faith to be as such that you don't doubt anything that God said? Nothing. If God said it, so it is, and therefore I believe it. Don't try to convince me of anything else because this is the word of God. It's forever settled in heaven, and therefore I believe it. That's what we want, want to be, isn't it? But we, we're all not there on every situation, are we? But God wants us there. That's why we need to. That's what the refining process is all about. Is is helping you to be conformed to the image of God, the character of God, perseverance, long suffering. That's another uh, character of God that He wants us to develop because He is long suffering, isn't He? He said in Malachi that, hey. Uh, I change not. Otherwise, you sons of Jacob will be what? Consumed. What does he mean he changed not? He's merciful. He's merciful. He changes not. Otherwise, if he changed, they'll be consumed because all the stuff they were doing, he's, he's long-suffering with, with us, isn't he? Yes, he is. He's long-suffering with us. We need to develop long-suffering. So stop trying to ask God, take away this person out of my life because they get on my last nerve. I think I'm going to quit this job and go to another job because some of these people on this job, they, 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 just, they, 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 they just test me. They, 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 are, they are not what they should be. I want to be around people that's just like they're supposed to be. Where are you going to go? Yeah. You can't stay in the house with yourself because we're not like we're supposed to be. Really? We need people who we have to suffer along with. And some of us live with them, don't we? <laughs> yeah. But that's what we need because we're developing the character of Christ. We're developing the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy. How are you going to love somebody that loves you? That's not the love of God. That's the love of the world. They love people who love them, isn't it? God loves people who doesn't love them. Isn't that correct? He loved us when we were yet, what, sinners. He gave his only begotten son for us. That's the type of love God wants. He wants us to have peace in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the circumstances. He wants us to have peace. I know things are not going the, the way they should be in your house, but you should have peace because your peace 
has been given by God. He said, peace I give you, peace I leave with you, not that the world gives, I give to you. Right? Let your heart not be troubled. Because, see, this is, this is, this is supernatural peace he's talking about. So all can be going terrible at your house, but, you know, with, with your children, with your finances, with whatever it is, but you can be in peace because you know that Prince of Peace has everything under control. So that's what the refining spot is all about. So we all need to participate in it. That was the second question. The third question I want to ask is, is there a way that I can avoid so much of this refinal fire? Is there a way that I can do that? Can I walk in the spirit and not have to go that way all the time? Because, you know, sometimes we cause things on our own because we just won't be obedient. You know what I'm saying? We won't forgive even though God clearly says forgive. We won't forgive. We won't love even though God says love. We won't love like God loves. And so he has to send us through the fire. Is there a way that I can, I can walk in the spirit and not do this thing here because I know that if I need long suffering, God's going to put somebody in my life that I'm going to have to suffer long with. I prefer just to suffer long, right? I prefer just to uh, put up with a person, wouldn't you? Rather than him have to, you know, keep putting people across your life because there's really, I mean, they test you. I'd rather not do that. Well, let's go to Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. You remember in Malachi that, you remember what happened in there? Uh, you remember that he says that he's going he's gonna, to uh, send Jesus. Uh, he, he, he is coming. And it says that who can endure in verse 2, it says who can endure his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and a full of soap. Now, so we know that once the people of God, once we're refined, we're going to be okay. He's going to receive us, receive our offerings, and all he's going to be pleased with us. But then there's a group of people in verse 16, chapter 3, verse 16. It says, then those who feared God spoke to one another. They, they, They were encouraging one another. And the Lord gave attention and heard it. You remember that from last week? And a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord, who esteem his name. How did they do that and the others didn't? How could they reverence the Lord? How could they fear God and the others had no fear of God? That's what I want to know. I want to be like those who feared God that didn't have to go through all this refinement, all this fire, you know, like refiner's fire, like refiner's fire. Not refiner's fire, but like it. How do you think they did it? That was the question I I asked. You remember I've told you many times that when you're reading the scripture, don't just try to read through something real quick and say, well, I read five chapters this morning, you know, today, and so I, and during my devotional time. Uh, that doesn't impress me, and it definitely doesn't impress God. Uh, what impresses God is how much of what you read you're going to do. That, pres- that impresses him. And, and, and in order to do things all the time, you've got to understand it. You've got to really get it down in you. You've got to meditate on this thing. You got to ask yourself some questions. So I asked myself that question. I said, well, hmm, why were they able to fear God and the others didn't? Because that means that I can fear God instead of him saying that 
I'm going to take you through the fire. Then your offering will be acceptable. I said, okay. Hmm. Now, it's not written here, so you have to kind of start thinking and meditating. The Holy Spirit can reveal things to you. And one thought came to me is that these people, the ones who fear God, took God at his word. They took God at his word. Now, you say, well, they didn't have the Bible. Well, they had uh, still uh, the Old Testament. They had Moses' law. They had, they had, they had those things. Now, now, did the ones who didn't fear God, did they know? Did they know that they weren't supposed to offer blind sacrifices, lame sacrifices? Did they know that? Yeah, they knew that. They knew what the, what the law said. Well, why didn't they offer the good sacrifices to help the sheep like God asked them to? Because they didn't fear God. Now, the ones who feared God, they're the ones who took God at his word. They said, well, yes, I can use this good sheep and get more money for it and, and provide for my household than the lame and the blind sheep, but I'm going to give God my best because God has said, give him his first, give him the best, give him the, uh, the, 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 the ones who are not blind, ones not lame. I'm going to take God at his word. Do we do that? Because if I want to, I want to avoid some of the, some of the refiner's fire, then I need to take God at His word. What has God said that you don't take His word for it sometimes? How about I am your provider. I am Jehovah Jireh. I will take care of you. Do we take God at his word sometimes? Or do we say, well, hmm, God, I understand what you said, but it's not, it's not happening in my life. My job is more dependable than you are. Because on my job, I get paid every single pay period they give me what my contract says. But I don't get what your word says all the time. You're the one said that if I give tithes and offerings, you will open the windows of heaven. You will pour out a blessing I won't have room enough to receive. You're the one said you will rebuke the devour for my sake. You're the one said that God, the devour, is devouring my increase. They're taking out more and more tax. My insurance went up. Did your insurance go up this year? My insurance went up. What? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Have you ever, your health seems like it's getting devoured sometimes? There, there, there are some people, unsaved, who, who are just as healthy as they can be. Yeah. When I, when I used to teach school, it's not a, a good thing, but um, I used to Wish that a couple of those dudes wouldn't come to school. Because the class would have been much better if they didn't come. They were always there. They ain't never have no cold, cold, no flu, no nothing. They walk around in T-shirts, 20-degree weather. It doesn't matter. They always at school causing you know, my, me to have a bad day. And some of you teachers know what I'm talking about. Oh, John to just let him stay home, God. Let him get sick or something. You know, John was just as healthy as he could be. You know?
And sometimes, you know, the word's just not happening. You say, wow. Wow. So you start doubting God and his provision for us. Now, I don't know what it is in your life, but I guarantee you, you can point out something in your life that's not going the way you think it should go, the way the Bible said it should go. We're supposed to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I know something is in your life that's happening like that, but you are not trusting in God for his provision. You're not waiting on God with anticipation that he's going to show up. And so, therefore, you have the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. You have that peace. And people say, well, why do you have peace about that? And you say, because my God will supply my need. He knows I have need of this. Matter of fact, he told me he, had, he knows I have need of it before I even asked. That's in Matthew. Come on. Why worry about your food? Why worry about your clothing? Don't I feed the clothes? The birds are there. Don't I, don't the lilies of the field? They are clothed more than Solomon in all his glory. He said, I know you have need of all that before you even ask. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's what he said. That's what he said. And you said, well, man. And see, that, that, that whole area started off with don't lay up treasures for yourself on earth, but lay up your treasures in heaven. Right? That's the that's way it started. And see, the first thing that we normally do is make sure we're going to eat. I'm going to take food money out. I got a food budget. I'm taking it out. I'm going to pay my bills. But I'm going to take food out, and, and the rest of this we'll, we'll trust God for. But I'm going to take my food out. That's not what God says. God says, why worry about what you're going to eat? Didn't he? He said, where your heart is, there your treasure is going to be. That, that's the, in that section before. You can't serve God and mammon also. It's there. So that's why I told you before that I tried to say, okay, God, you, you said it, so I'm going to do everything else, and I'm not going to worry about my food because you said don't worry about your food. Don't worry about your clothes. So I don't have a clothes budget. I don't. don't have a clothes budget. Don't worry about no food. We, 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 the first thing we do is what? Give to God. The very first check that comes out is going to come out, the first is going to come out abundantly because God has said if you give abundantly, you will reap abundantly. He says that I'm going to give seed to sow, I'm going to give bread to eat, and I'm going to multiply your seed sown. That's what he said. Not for you to, you to have more for yourself, but so that you can increase the fruits of your righteousness so you can be a more liberal giver. That's what he wants. Are we taking God at his word? Or are we doing our own thing that the world does? See, that's what God is saying that these people did, is that if you don't want to go through so much for final fire, then this is what you need to do. You need to take God at his word. Whatever he says, do it. Do it. Now, this is not me talking now. This is the word of God. That's found in the word of God. That statement, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Where did you hear that at? Didn't you hear uh, Mary say that to Jesus? Uh, he, I mean, he said it to the, to the, to the, to the, to the servant. Yeah, my mom said, hey, 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 they're giving out wine. They're giving out. What is that? Woman, what is that to do with me? 
And my time hasn't come. And she turns around, hey, servant, whatever he tells you to do, do it. You remember that? And she says, okay. Fill up these water, water, water troughs. Fill up these buckets with just water. Fill up with water. Do you know what they're thinking? Why? Why are we going to fill up with water? That's dumb. Right? Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Because he'll turn water into what? Wine. He'll take uh, some, some loaves and fish and turn it into feeding 5,000 people. And he'll take up 12 baskets full. How do you do that? Miraculously. Miraculously. What are you worrying about in your little household and my little household? What are we so concerned about that we can't be obedient to God because God can't do this? He can, he can feed 5,000 men, not even counting the women and the children. He can feed all of them with a couple of fish and, and, and a couple of loaves. He can do that, but he can't take care of my little uh, uh, food, little stuff I eat. Because I eat, you know, I eat tacos. I like tacos. Man, I like to go out and eat sometimes. Man, I got to, I got to, I got, I got to help me a food budget. Huh? If I have something left over, I give it to God. If, 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 if the message touches me, I give it. Right? That's why on TV, they, they, they put the, they put the people up here, they, you know, they got flies all on them, you know, their stomach big. So you can see it, so you can be touched emotions, so you can give. But see, God doesn't want you. He just wants you to give because he's a giver. Just be obedient. That's all he wants. Right? Now, now I'm, t- I'm trying to help us. I'm trying to help us not go through so much refiner's fire. I'm trying to help us because some of us, we got mates that's not saved. Some of us got children that's not saved. Some of us want some things. And it doesn't seem like God has answered. He says that your faith needs to go through a fire because you're doubting that I can do this thing. I can do it. I can do it. I know that if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Because I was a, a, a heathen of the heathens. And God saved this man. So I know he can save your children. He can save your wife, your husband. He can do that. He can cause them to, to walk the way they're supposed to walk. God can do anything he wants to do because he's what? God. But he wants your faith to be such that you can just speak to this mountain to be removed, be cast in the sea. What did God say will happen? It'll do it. Now, you know that's weird talk, isn't it? How in the world that sharp top mountain, we said, be moved and come over here to Lynchburg. And it'll come over to Lynchburg. It's crazy, isn't it? But he says that if you say it, it'll happen. If you don't doubt. But you got to be saying it because he told you to say it, don't you? Not because you just want to test God. You want to do something. No, uh -uh. no. When we pray for the sick, they're supposed to be healed. When Jesus prayed for the sick, they were what? Healed. He prayed for the demon possessed and the demons left. Didn't he? Yeah. Then what's supposed to happen when we pray? We're not supposed to be like disciples and say, hey, the man comes there. Hey, Jesus, your, your disciples, man, I told them about my, my son. He gets thrown in the fire and, and, and all this stuff. And, and they couldn't do anything. He said, oh, man, how long am I have to be with y'all? How long am I have to suffer with y'all? Right? He cast the demon out. And the disciples said, hey, why couldn't we do this thing? Because of the littleness of your faith. Because of the littleness of your faith. And then in, in another place is written um, that this kind come out not but by, by fasting and prayer. Right? You know, Jesus didn't go when the man said, hey, they couldn't do it. Well, would you do it? Jesus said, wait a minute. Let me go fast and pray. Then I'll come back. No. He stayed in a mode of Fasting and prayer, didn't it? So, all I'm trying to do is encourage us in the Word. That's all I'm trying to do. Last question. Last question. Well, 
is, is that fire? Well, so that's not the last question. That's within the third question. Is that, is, is that going through the fire? fire? That's what we call self-denial. The fire of self-denial. The fire of self-denial. Meaning that in one of the uh, books, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, it'll tell you that I keep under my body, bring it into subjection. These by any means, when I preach to others, I myself might be a castaway. That's King James. I'm going to keep up under my body. I'm going to bring my body into subjection. In other words, self-denial. Self-denial. These people who, who I believe that, 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 that they, they fear God back in Malachi's time, they, they had some self-denial. They said, no, 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 no. We're not going to do this. I want to do it, but I'm not doing this. I'm going to take God at his word. I'm going to put this flesh under. We got to do the same thing. We got to do the same thing. Then another one, uh, I guess that's in Romans chapter 8, verse 13. It says something to the effect that if you walk by the Spirit, then, you know, the, 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 you can... With the Spirit, then you can then accomplish things because it's through the Spirit of God that I'm doing things. Whether it's my self-denial, whether whatever it is, if, if I, uh, by the Spirit of God, put my flesh on it, then that's what I need to do. But that's still, that's still self-denial. That's still fire, but I'm putting it on myself. Okay, the last question. Then what in the world can I do what are you saying? What can I do to develop the fear of God? Okay, let me give you four things. Uh, number one, you got to be born again. You got to be born again. If we can do it without being born again, since Jesus has already come, he hadn't come at that time, in Malachi's time, but he, he has come now. So we have to show fruits of repentance as John the Baptist who paved the way. Uh, for the Elijah who came, we're going to have to uh, give our life to Jesus Christ because we need the Holy Spirit in us. Okay, so be born again. Number two is that we need to make sure that we are persevering through the refinement fire. In other words, don't give up. When things start getting hard, when it looks like, man, man, I'm going through some stuff here that the other people are not going through. I'm going to give up. I'm tired of serving God, you know, because he's, he's proven that, that, that he's, not, he's not faithful. Well, that's what the, that's what the others, others did who didn't fear God. That's what the others said. You don't want to be that way. You want to get around somebody, and you want to say with them, and they say to you, hey, we serving God. As far as me and my household, we are serving God. I don't care what anybody else is doing. We're going to serve God. I don't care if it looks like the world is going, you know, uh, all astray. We are going to serve God. Right? I don't care about the political persuasion you are. We're going to serve God. God is the only one that can bring us out of this stuff that is in this world. I don't care what party you belong to or don't belong to. No man is going to get us out of this stuff we're in. Got to be God. We have to renew our mind. Romans 12. One, two, I beseech you, brothers, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable in his sight, which is our, our reasonable spirit, uh, spiritual worship. And in and, 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 uh Greek, it means your rational service of worship. It says, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to renew our minds on the word of God about God. That's how we're going to develop. See, when I renew my mind, when I start reading, God knows every hair that's on your head. I said, woo My goodness gracious. Man, he knows every hair on everybody's head. 
that man is small, right? He knows every word that we say when we say it. Matter of fact, he knows every thought we think before we say a word. Everybody in the whole world. Right? I don't speak Chinese, but I don't speak Spanish. I am one lingual, not bilingual. You know, I don't know nothing but English. And I'm trying to get those pronunciations right in English. And, and I tell you that, that God knows every language, doesn't he? Every language. So he, he hears everything everybody says. It helps you to develop some awesomeness about God. God says, I put all these things in, the, in existence for your sake, for you to enjoy. You know, I said, God, you put the galaxies out there. He knows how many galaxies there are. He knows how many stars in each one. He knows every name of a galaxy. He knows everything. I said, wow, what an awesome God we serve. Now you're starting to develop what? Some reverence for God. So you got you to cultivate it. You got to cultivate it. Okay? Ah, hoo-hoo, my goodness gracious. What a God we serve. What a God we serve. That's how you develop it. That's how you develop it. And, of course, we got to take God at his word, right? we got to take God at his word. we got to be like God, like Jesus was when he walked earth. I do nothing except what my father does. I say nothing but what he's given me to do. That's how we want to be. Take God at his word. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.